and welcome to episode 40 of series three of Cherry Jam, uh, which is remarkable, really, when you think about it. Um, and um, we've got a just the three of us this evening. We've got myself, Ed Price, Jim Harley and Lawrence Landry. Uh, Snowy, I think, is abroad. Anybody guess where he is? I can't remember where he was now. He was at his um, US. Um, well, no, sorry. His work's US party. I'm not saying he's in the US. But no, I, I was a bit confused. Yeah, he, there was a I thought, he, I thought he worked in, uh, his, he obviously works from home, but I thought he worked from uh, uh, their head office, which was sort of Netherlands, Germany border. Mm. So, no idea. Um, Russ is unable to make, make it this week, unfortunately, but he will be hopefully back in a couple of weeks' time when we, we do our final pod of the seat of this season. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, a few developments at Gloucester over the last week, uh, confirmation of our European uh, fixtures, because uh, unfortunately that was what we were trying to talk about last week, but that nearly all got lost in the uh, editing uh, due to a bit of a glitch. Then that Loz is not, I could hear Loz, I couldn't hear me, which meant that Loz sounded even more coherent than normal uh, without me interrupting it. Um, but it did kind of make it a very odd audio to listen to. Um, and we will talk about the England game, obviously. Uh, and, and the results from this week's internationals. Uh, but we'll start off with the announcements this week of just some few developments, uh, starting off with coaching, really, which is one of them was a shock. Uh, so Peter Walton's left the academy, which I think was kind of an open secret. People knew about that anyway. But uh, Alex King has uh, left the club. Um, previously was our, our backstroke attack coach, uh, however you want to deem it. Um, and I think after a slow start, it seemed to be getting the getting it moving a little bit. We were playing with some quite interesting uh, phases, phase play, and um, certainly some great attacking lines off set piece. Um, thoughts? Uh, Jim, I'll go start with you. Your what? thoughts on losing... Thoughts a on what? this 10% beer I'm drinking. I was going to say, your face is uh, interesting. Oh, moment. Yeah, That's got something going. Um, sorry, where were we? Um, Alex King. Yes. Um, it is really, really hard for me as a fan to know how much he personally has affected our attack and creativity and all the rest of it. Um, because it might have been 90% Tim Taylor and 10% Alex King. So you would have to just hope that uh, George has, if, if he had the opportunity to keep him, didn't want to, I I get the feeling that Alex wanted to move on anyway. I think he had other um, other things to go to. But it's kind of one of those things, isn't it? We don't see what goes on on the training pitch, you know, except for very rare little snippets. So it's really, really hard to know um, whether that's going to massively affect Gloucester for next season or whether it will just be, you know, maintain the status quo and the the coaching team that they've got is, is going to, you know, keep them going in the direction they were previous. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Lars, your thoughts just on, on, I mean, might be similar to Jim about, you know, we, it's difficult for us to judge what a coach sometimes does, but your thoughts generally? Yeah, I, I'd like to think that it won't affect the team too much because I, I think the backs were, when Tim Taylor was head backs coach before, were performing fairly decent anyway. I know it's an attack coach, sorry, rather than just backs coach, but mm. I, I thought that was one of the, the, especially under Ackerman, where he was wanting us to go from everywhere and whatnot. I appreciate that wasn't the, that's not the way you win trophies, but 
or tight league titles, but certainly the, the backs seemed to go quite well. So I was surprised when they actually bought a back coach in and kept Tim Taylor on. So I'm not sure what, as, as Jim said, it's difficult to tell exactly um, how much of an effect he has. I know Snowy isn't a, wasn't a massive fan of our attack and doesn't think it'd be too much of a loss because we should have done a lot, should have performed a lot better than what we have um, with the ball that we've generated, which is too, it is quite difficult to argue that with how dominant our pack has, was last season. Um, but then uh, there's also this game plan that they seem to play for much of the season, which was quite limited and restrictive. Um, everyone knows my frustrations over the London Irish away result, where we just didn't we we decided we didn't want any possession as well as not playing any rugby, and it cost us. And ultimately, cost us that that's one of the games that cost us the top four position. But no, to keep on track, I, I don't. We, we only time will tell. Um, it was a shock to me, I must admit. Um, and it's there is the argument of it being typical Gloucester, just as it's starting to do something, we're going to rip it up and start again. Except for the difference being this time, of course, is that we've gone back to the future with Tim Taylor. So, fingers crossed, everything will be okay there. Um, as you said, with Peter Walton, there's no real massive surprise. I think the only thing that perhaps surprised me was how long he was there for. And then the fact, once Hogg came in, and the fact that they're actually going to re be replacing him, um, which... Well, obviously there is there is scope for the role, but I just I thought that Hogg's placement, whilst you know we can't complain about having someone of his um, calibre involved with our academy, was kind of stepping on Walton's toes a bit with the role role wise as what it was going to be, but you know only time will tell that. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, I think my my sort of two pence on on Alex King is as I say it's difficult to judge. I think Snowy's kind of right with his previous comments that it was disappointing the lack of ambition at times that we were showing um i think the first season was always going to be a challenge because they came in mid-season uh you know 2020 21 season came in mid-season um had the players that they had they didn't have a chance to really shape it um and that first full season was a bit of a shower let's be honest it was a challenge across the piece um I felt that gradually as the season, this season went on, we obviously started to really develop our attack. And I think that was interesting to see. Um, but as you said, how do, how much do, how much of that was already Tim Taylor? How much of it was Alex King systems? Once you put them in place, you can kind of just kind of tweak and, and adjust them. Um, so hopefully that will be the case. We'll just be adjusting and tweaking systems rather than having to rip totally uh, have another revolution and what we want to, do in terms of how we want to play um the one thing i would say is that if you look at alex king's career he's generally spent two three seasons at their club each time so i get the feeling maybe he's just felt that he's reached the limit of his of what he can do with the club um and with the players at his disposal or maybe wants to move on to another challenge we don't know it seemed very cordial um on the on the sort of um press release that the club put out you sometimes see when people leave clubs that it's maybe less cordial shall we say but yeah one thing i could <laughs> normally you can work out who, who's um whether someone's been pushed or someone's jumped or walked stroke walked whereas this one i really don't know it, it, it could actually genuinely be the proverbial mutual consent which is never mutual consent is no. it? but this no. one seems like because i got no impression no what nothing from reading between the lines there didn't no, get a it, thing at all 
exactly i mean you mentioned so I, 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 there is a there is a, a vacancy for academy um sort of manager or academy director or coach or whatever it is which would be directly replacing replacing peter walton um i think hog carl hogg's sort of position from whatever i've ever seen of him and heard of him when he talks about it he's he's a very much he is the big picture strategy type of guy who will look at what process have we got in place to bring in the best talent we can possibly can from the region we're allowed to um i do wonder again you know peter walton's been in the club a while now i do wonder again you look at the results of the academy last year it's again a challenging environment they're not playing as much rugby as they used to that is a challenge for them but the results were pretty poor last year particularly um and you are only as good as the intake you've got yeah, yeah and, and on that actually, Ed, um, speaking with someone whose son was um, recently cut from the sort of junior, junior, junior academy, if you like, um, and it does seem to be, I mean, he would obviously say that his son's fantastic and didn't deserve to be cut, but it does seem to be a little bit that um, some of the the Gloucester, Gloucester coaches are, are looking more favourably towards some of the um, more expensive and exclusive schools, shall yes. we say? Yes, I have and, heard. I've heard something similar, Jim. Yeah, yeah, they do love to have that little slogan underneath the uh, underneath the TVs at King's Home about however many out of however many it was. I don't know, twenty seven out of thirty two or something of the mm. Gloucester Academy all went to Dean Close. And like, well. That's quite a lot, isn't it? You know, you, you might have quite a few that have been poached six months before they were due to sit their A-levels on a full scholarship. Does that really make them a Dean Close uh, protégé? I don't know. But um, I do get the feeling maybe that it's quite easy for selectors to sort of just target their views to one or two of the schools rather than putting in the hard work and going around and watching a lot of junior rugby and seeing, you know, who out of these... Um, under 18s, under 16s are actually really performing for their schools and local clubs, yeah, and and deserve their place, um, you know, in in that um, in that Gloucester Junior Academy. A hmm. um, couple of other things to to, to uh, tick off the list of things that have happened in the last week or so. A couple of departures from the club, uh, the, the playing side: Joe Simpson and Serb Nagel Taylor. Um, neither really surprising when you consider. I think certainly with Joe Simpson, the wages he was on. I mean, the salary he was, I think, at one point, I think he probably was still our highest paid player, um, which was just when you think about it, it was crazy because we were loaning yeah. him out. And and you know, in the in, with the greatest respect to Joe Simpson, he's now since we signed him, he's now two years older. We've got three scrum halves on the books in um, me and Varney and Chapman, uh, of which I think we we could be un. And we can be very excited about maybe two of them, <laughs> but we've got we've got three we've got three scrum halves who now routinely play and rotated in the in the Premiership. In the Premiership, we don't need a fourth and a particularly expensive luxury. He was always going to go, um, so he's left the club. I, from what I understand, he's not signed a contract anywhere else yet. Um, yeah, he's he's going to be one of those guys in that really unfortunate position. I think that with so many clubs, uh, you know, tightening the purse strings that obviously when he signed his last contract with Gloucester, he was an England international, maybe not, you know, 
in the current squad, but re- relatively recently in that in that squad, mm-hmm. um, and he was still one of the top uh, scrum half prospects in the league. He's clearly not that now, um, but I still think he's got you know he's still a, oh, yeah. a damn good player. Mm. Um, I just think because he's not currently signed for a club, as far as we know, he's in that horrible position where he's going to have to take one hell of a pay cut for for someone to to take him on because, like you say. There's a lot of very good young scrum halves that clubs will they'll take a punt they'll take a punt on some 19 year old lad for not a lot of money compared to taking a punt on someone like Joe Simpson. Yeah, because if you know even if he halves is, I mean if you if you if you believe what you read in in terms of salaries etc. Even if he halves his expected salary, it's still a couple of hundred thousand pounds a year, which is you know, a lot of money to be paid. You, for can, someone you could who get is... a lot of nineteen-year-old scrum ass for that. Yeah, quite. Loz, your give, view... give, 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 Cipri- give Cipriani a few weeks at his new American team, and then I'm sure Simpson will find <laughs> a, a club. Because let's be fair, he was the uh, yet another fallout of the uh, Cipriani experiment, wasn't he? Let's be fair. Brought his yeah. best mate along. Yeah, he was. It was uh, that was certainly a factor in him signing for Gloucester. And let's be fair, you know, the first first half of that season he was with us, oh, he yeah. was one of our best players, if, if not the best player. Um, you know, he, he was superb that first half of that season. And then injury, I think an injury uh, took him out of the side for a while. Then, unfortunately, obviously COVID hit. And then you had a cha- change of, um, of coaching staff, which, like anything, if you have one, two, three of those things happen in a, in a, in a row, you're going to struggle to get back into, into form and into... Um, plans for the new, the new coaching staff. The other one was I mentioned was Seb Nagel-Taylor um, who kind of burst on the scene um, sort of at, around the, when COVID hit and we had that weird period where we were playing in closed state in empty stadiums. Um, I remember him impressing over in uh, Leon, wasn't it? Leon. In that, yeah, in, in that game. Um, I, again, it's, it's an incredibly competitive back row. Hasn't played a huge amount. He's been injured. He has got a side. I think he's joined Pirates, um, which is great. I was going to say, with, with our back row, to be, don't mean to say nasty. I mean, but he, he, he clearly, I know he must have been injured because he just wasn't getting a sniff no matter what. But when you look at our back, the season, when you look at our back row options that we got in the, the, but not just what we signed into a Sui and what we've already got, but the young lads, Clement, and he was that other lad that played as well. Um, Oh God! The other back row, young back row that came on. But I yeah, know who I you mean. mean. It's, it's it's a crazy, crazy competitive. Um, not just for Gloucester, every club. Yeah, when you look there's, at Josh Gray, he was. They are dis, well, they're a disposable commodity and half about flanker. When 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 Aaron Hinckley was leaving, they, everyone, uh, people said, oh, "I can't believe we're letting him go." But the rumor coming at the club was they saw Josh Gray as a better prospect. I haven't even seen anything of him since then. Hmm. You know, and the, this lad has come along. Well, that's the thing, isn't uh, he? He scored, can, he scored only and he got so many. Boomed, didn't he? Uh, what is it? Um, Freddie Thomas was the back row, wasn't he? No, no, that's not the one about. There's Freddie Thomas as well. He scored and tried and got binned in one of our latter games this season. Okay. Um, <laughs> Does it narrow it down? Not really. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, so Nagel Taylor going is no real surprise to the boot, aren't you? No. No, it, I, it, I think, I mean, it's a shame. I always think it's a shame when you lose young players. I think Aaron Hinckley is a player that, oh, sorry, we mentioned Aaron Hinckley there. 
a superb player who's taken two, three years to kind of refine himself, given an opportunity at Exeter, didn't work out for him, has now got an opportunity at Northampton, is now grabbing it with both, both hands. And I think probably will be the player we expected him to be for Northampton. Um, yeah. and, and Gloucester supporters will go, oh, you should be doing that for Gloucester. But actually... He didn't do it for he, Exeter. He, he probably wouldn't have been the player that he currently is looking like he's going to be if he'd have stayed at Gloucester. No, he, no, he, exactly. And and we cannot, as a club, keep everyone. You just cannot do it financially or emotionally because you just can't keep these people interested. If, you, if you've got 26 back rows, the kids are going to know they're never going to have a game. So yeah, they are going to move on. Yeah, and I think the other thing as well to mention is that we it's not just been departures. And, and I'll come on to potentially the reason for some of these departures and what it could mean for somebody else who we want to sign on, uh, hopefully. Um, but in terms of other news that happened this in the last week or so, um, we've also had the re-signings of, and I think actually there's one of these which I think kind of went under the radar a little bit, and I'm kind of of the opinion this could be a quite an important signing in the long term. Um, and, and that's that... So Cameron Jordan has re-signed, but also Brian O'Connor. Now, I'm of the I think Brian O'Connor is one of those players that's um potentially going to be a a big player for us in the next couple of years. He's a player who can play on both sides of the, of the scrum. Um and every time I've seen him play, he's been excellent. Been destructive in the scrum, has got over the board, done well in terms of turnovers. Bit of an un, unsung sort of unseen player uh, and I I just have this I just have one of those little inklings you know sometimes you see these players they, they end up being a bit like cult hero-ish and I wonder whether he might be one of those guys um, we're going to struggle if he, if he does if he does really start to make a big big impact and start playing quite regularly and playing well we're going to struggle because he's an under 29 Ireland international so he will go back to Ireland but if we can get two more years out of him I think that's going to be a really good positive for Gloucester Loz Jack Bartlett. Jack Bartlett. There we go. <laughs> uh, but this is the best bit. He's listed on the academy squad as a pro. Uh, sorry, as a uh, not the academy squad, but the academy. Mm. The next bit down is a uh, prop. Jack Bartlett is undergoing the transition from a prop forward to number eight, having grown up playing at inside centre, number eight hooker and prop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, he's always an option then. Yeah, it's always an option. He sounds like he's done the reins of a twenty-year-old. Uh, sorry, a twenty-year-old, twenty-year veteran of a local side. He yeah. started in one position, went, then moved to two other positions, and started in the backs and played the rest of the forwards. Well, in another twenty years, he can go back to the front row, can't he? When he's yeah, old, exactly. When he's, he's old, old run around. Uh, yeah, and then we'll move on to the final sort of bit of news, which got everyone excited. Uh, for about half an hour. Uh, and this is not to demean the person who signed, but Lloyd Evans uh, signed a new contract, which is undoubtedly good news. He's, yeah, he's before he got injured, strong. he was been excellent. He's been, uh, and, you know, for a player that had been, has been with us for a long time, I think someone actually said that he technically can qualify for a testimonial next year, which is mental when you think about it. Um, but he's a player that was on the fringes for a very long time, played odd bits of rugby here and there. And then, in the last year and a half under George Givington has really blossomed and is kind of a, a really important player to have. He can play fullback and plays very well at fullback when he's played there. He's an excellent player to bring that. Obviously he can play 10. That's his main position. Um, his kicking has been uh, as, as improved vastly. 
Um, and it, it is good news to have a player of his ability and also of his experience now signing yeah. on. I think I think he's he's kind of a bit of a Billy Billy Twelve Trees type I was player. Say, so, yeah. yeah, with Twelve he's, Trees coming towards the end of his career, it's going to be very important for us in the next few years. Yeah, so having someone like that, and nobody likes to be that that player to, that you sit on the bench because you can come in and cover a few places, but. I mean, it proved, didn't it, um, a year and a bit ago when we had a couple of injuries and he was just playing every game. Um, and, yeah, really, really important uh, player to have in the squad because he, he's a good player. Uh, and, and I think the, his ability to, to play in a couple of positions will really just reap benefits for Gloucester, um, you know, as, as the season goes on. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll touch on why we got excited, Lars, first, though, because we... Let's say not in any way to demean Lloyd Evans, and he is. It is excellent news that he is resigned. <laughs> Why did you come to me? I was the one who put in the group. Am I being stupid, or am I missing something? No, I know. I love it. Lars entirely missed the tweet, original tweet. We all thought, "Oh my god, it's happening!" And then when we were like, "Oh, it's that's Lloyd Evans," and Lars was like, "And that's good." Yeah, okay. Uh, so. It, at the time when the tweet was put out by Gloucester that we were having a player re-signing, uh, I think everyone assumed that it was going to be Jake Pelledry. Now, I still think, based on the fact that you've had a couple of quite high-profile players leave the club, certainly in we talk about Joe Simpson and the sort of gap that leaves in terms of salary, um, I do wonder that there that, that does seem to be a move afoot to keep Jake at the club for at least a year. Um and I, I, look, we will obviously we can debate about the merits of that and whether that's is it is it heart overruling head? Should we be a bit more sort of cold and say you know? Oh, sorry. I don't want him to go. I don't want him to go. Well, I'm just um, I'm, I'm not. Conf- I just got horrible feeling he's going to resign. I think that's part of the reason why they signed Tuasui. Well, the Tuasui carrier. Yeah. So t- from what I understand, the Tuasui signing was on the uh, was basically because they didn't think that Jake was going to be back by now. Um, that the club weren't weren't uh, confident that he was going to make the recovery in the time. And then, of course, Jake being Jake, uh, he 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 got he was back in full training five weeks before weeks before the end of the season. So, you know. It's now a position. The club are now in a bit in a difficult position because you've got a world class player, albeit someone who's been injured for a very long time, uh, with a very serious injury, available to sign. Clubs everywhere else are going to struggle to get him in because of the salary that he probably commanded or could command, and the fact that it, you know back row is a fairly well stocked position across yeah. this Premiership. But he's a massive unknown. At, Huge at unknown. At the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So- who who is a known unknown? <laughs> he's a known unknown. Yeah, but we don't know how known his unknownness is. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. yeah. And I think maybe, maybe he he's he's got to appreciate that. And at the same time, he's gonna totally want to, you know, blow up next season. Just absolutely go back to how yeah. things were and start smashing people about. So if he can if he can broker a deal with Gloucester, because are we we're pretty sure his contract's now expired, yeah? From my understanding, the contract has expired and um, he's free. So he's basically a free agent. But yeah. uh, again, the you know, this is this is kind of second-hand, third-hand information, but I, I, I was under the impression from the sources we know, shall we say, um, that no other 
offers are on on the table. Yeah. Yeah. Um, gonna, the thing is, you've got to remember with happy. him. But the thing is, what you've got to remember with him as well is he's not tied by needing to be in an English club to play international no. rugby because he's quality is Italian. Italian. So he yeah. could be he could go off and play in France. He, he could play he could Italy. Do. He could play in Japan. He could do, you know. but he's just his just press cider brand is just starting to do quite well. <laughs> and and actually, it doesn't need him in this country to make that work. No, it doesn't. But I think he's quite involved with it, and I just get the feeling that he's probably in that situation where he'd be willing to to have some sort of funny deal where you know even half a season at a certain rate, and if things are going really well, then it gets boosted, and if things aren't, he kind of steps away or whatever. No, I don't the know, thing but... is, no, it's not going to work like that, is it? Because this is the thing. This is one you of the just have a one-year right? contract. And you see you how have it to goes. be a one-year contract. It has to be a one-year contract. You, it has to be a one-year contract. But no, that's not what I'm getting at. Is you can't have the staggered salary. Oh well, let we'll see. Because ultimately. He is one of the best players around, or was, sorry, before he got injured. Therefore, from a salary cap point of view, he will have a value of a level he should be being paid. If we're paying him less, that will, the full value will, pay, will contribute towards the salary cap. So, mm. okay, we can pay him less money. It, that's how it works, because the Saracens player, there was talk some Saracens players were going to pay for next to nothing, and they went, oh, no, they can't, because of the fact that um, the whole thing with the salary cap to stop you from cheating it by play, underpaying yeah, players who are worth Gloucester, a hell of a lot more. If Gloucester aren't willing to pay him 400 days in a year, because actually he's a bit of an unknown Quantity, yeah, yeah, but the 400,000 will go against the salary cap. And then, if you've got, you got you're paying someone 200,000, you're having that much of a chunk of salary cap taken out on someone who's a risk, you just don't know. But all I was what I, what I really want to say is, I really hope that he comes good and he signed and we keep him for a long time because Tuasui came here as a back row but also could play second row. And I'm thinking if we can get him in the second row, how destructive and I, 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 would that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you could have Ackerman, Paledri, and Ludlow in the back row because you could, Ludlow is one of the best line eight operators around as well. So we wouldn't lose from having, you know, to a Sui alongside, say, Alamano in the second row. You'd have a bit of bolt there then as well. And the line will work. Oh, brilliant. Great. Let's just hope that Jake can make it back for us. Okay. Um, but no, I think, you know, the, the, we, we're all, every one of us is hoping and we're excited if, if he does re-sign and we are all genuinely hoping that that does happen. The mechanics of it, the way that it works in terms of salary caps, to be honest, it's not really our place to think about too much. I suppose if we can get him in the squad and it goes within the salary cap and then hopefully he does a really great job. You know, the end the end game is basically he goes over to France in 2023 as a storming World Cup. And then, thanks, Jake, you've done your bit, mate. Off you go to France or whoever for a shed ton of money. You know, that's that's kind or, of... Or stay, or stay at Gloucester and just... Or stay at Gloucester and become a hero forever. Um, but we all, you know, let's let's be honest. We know that his injury is a serious injury, and I think we've got to be honest about it. He's, I'd just be great to see him back playing rugby. If again. he can, not just yeah. playing the old game, but getting back regular. Because I can regular. remember, Jack, we got to this state. I appreciate it's a different injury because Jake had more complications, which make it worse. Mm. Despite the improvements to medicine that's happened since Django hurt his knee, but I remember the, the excitement of the fact that Django came back from injury. He went out and what paid two halves of a pre-season game and that was it called time on his career because he realised that he couldn't put his leg through what was required to be a professional rugby player yeah exactly and Um, Jack Adams you know he was never the same after his knee went no you know know, these are really serious you know it's not 
it used to be if you did your cruciate or your medial or whatever back in the day, you know, only talking 25 years ago, that was it. You that were done. Good night, yeah, no, that it? was yeah. your career. You know, it's incredible how science and medical treatment has come along that actually it's a bad injury. And yes, it could still go wrong. But for the most part, most players do come back from it. Well, um, I know it's a different sport and I know I, I'm you know, going about Liverpool too much on the podcast, probably for most people's like it. But look at Virgil van Dijk. You'd never know that he had any injury. And he's no, had that. No. He had the serious knee injury as well, Jake did. Right, moving on. Uh, we're going to talk about the England performances, um, uh, England performance of the weekend, and also the uh, other internationals. Um, I'll just a quick sort of touch point on all the other internationals. I didn't get up early enough to watch the Irish get stuffed by the New Zealand team. Jim, did you get to that one? Um, I'd been on a fire, so I hadn't slept for about 28 hours. <laughs> um, so I got in Saturday morning and was a proper zombie. Mm. Um, I did fall asleep watching the France-Japan game. Well done. Saw a little bit of that. Mm. And then I woke up kind of early afternoon and watched the um watch the England game game as live yeah I understand. but that's um I, I watch a little bit of highlights uh, of the other games um but yeah not it it wasn't the super Saturday that I was hoping it would be no um I'll, we'll start brief I'll just quickly touch off on the the Ireland game so Ireland um it's got thumped, really. <laughs> uh, they, they, to be fair, they were in it for about twenty minutes. I think they went, they were in the lead for a brief period of time, and then New Zealand just absolutely blew them away. And they had one of their ten-minute periods, didn't they? Yeah, and, and let's be honest, I, uh, Ireland to me looked like a team that's going to get knocked out in the quarterfinals of the World Cup again. Just saying you, that. Now. You think they'll get to the quarters? Uh, just um, no, I, Ireland. They're, they're not going to get past the quarterfinals. Simple. They're, they're just going to get knocked out. So that's that. They're quite an old team, aren't they? They're an old team. You've got, put, yeah. I mean, you think that everyone's got excited because Sexton's back this weekend. You're like, Eesh. it'll be a lot more exciting if you add an upcoming ten. That would yeah, really, that this like, is, like a Marcus massive, Smith. Yeah, they're massively reliant on Sexton and Omani, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I just can't see them. Um, I, I, and this is where we get proved wrong and they win the bloody thing, but I just can't see them getting past the quarterfinals. They won't. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, then, so we then move on to, well, we'll talk about the next one. So the last game of the day, uh, and I had a bit of Gloucester involvement interest, which was, Austra- uh, sorry, which was Argentina versus Scotland. And uh, my personal favourite, oh, Santi Carreras, came on at 10, because uh, he always plays 10 for Argentina, which is baffling. But... Um, apart from one horribly misplaced kick towards the end of the game, uh, had an absolute stormer, scored a try, played very, very well at 10. Um, and Argentina beat a, a, a depleted Scottish side. They didn't have their full side out. Um, so, yeah, that was a that was a nice nice bit of Gloucester win there. Uh, next, on the li- next, on the next on the list was, and a bit more contentious and a lot more Gloucester involvement, um, was the... Um, <laughs> was the was the Wales South Africa game, which yeah. I have to be honest was a hell of a game. If if uh, you know, regardless of the fact that we don't want we don't really want Wales to win, I didn't really want South Africa to win either. But um, the fact, that, regardless of that, it was a brilliant game of rugby. Um, very very contentious decisions. Louis Rees Samet scored two 
tries. The first try was excellent. And I think only really Luis Vizama could finish it that try that, the way he did. He absolutely burned um, the, uh, as it Mapimpi on the outside, just, just went past him didn't, as if it was, he wasn't even there. Um, and then we're just overall Wales, probably they'll be kicking themselves. They should have won. Uh, Louis Rousseau, so it was that a- kick at the end, yeah. That bigger missed. Mm. That was poor. I mean, that was that was an easy kick for someone of his standard. I would I mean, say. Was, first, I thought bigger had an excellent game, and that means that when he it was basically his fault, they lost, made it even more sweeter for me. Um, but um, but Louis yeah. Rousseau, I thought was incredibly lucky with his yellow card. For if you if you saw that, it's. It's, it's almost like it's becoming a regular occurrence in picking up yellows as well. Well, I, I mean, it was unlike most yellows he picks up, which is for deliberate knock-ons. This one was for, I mean, it, he got, it got given for not a clear release and stopping the play. It, it wasn't. I mean, I, I, I did it see It was this. close though, mate. I'll I be mean, honest. 10, well, no, not 10 times out of 10, nine times out of 10, you would go, bloody hell, what a fantastic tackle. He's got made the tackle, he's got to his feet, and he's gone over the ball, and he's, and he's got the ball back. I would say, if it was a back row that did it, you'd say, yeah, they're a quality t- you know, tackle jackler. The fact that it was Zamit, does the referee think, oh, it must have been a little bit untoward because he can't be that good? Because I thought it was an excellent legal turnover. There was yeah. there wasn't an arms up in the air release, but there was a release because he released to get to come in through the gate. Yeah, I, I just thought it was very harsh, and and some of the decisions by the referee were baffling. Um, except, except that final one. That, that no, the, was, fi- uh, the final one was hysterical. I mean, if you're going to stick your hand out uh, in in open play and then knock the ball on, it's a deliberate knock on all day long. So yeah, and actually, um, the um, the penalty try which resulted in the yellow card. Um, yeah, the Alan Jones one. I don't, I, I couldn't work I out what Alan Jones. No, <laughs> I don't know. It was very baffling. I, I think he was. He needed a bit. He needed to have been some. I thought he needed to have been someone for offside. Uh, he picked the wrong person, and it kind of then. What was interesting yeah. though, Jim, was is that there was definitely a decision there to be made in terms of a yellow card, whether it was a collapse or whether it was a uh, the the um... oh no, so that was the first one, wasn't it? That's, there yeah, was the some first, yellow cards. The first one was a yellow card, and then yeah. he gave a penalty try. Yes, and I'm thinking because I watched about the last 15 minutes of this game, and uh, so he's given a yellow card, then he's given a penalty try, which I didn't think was a penalty try. It looked like a really good counter up, to be honest. Um, I mean they didn't really show a lot of replay angles and stuff. So maybe a touch judge saw something I didn't see in the, my angle, but then obviously he's given the penalty try. So he's given another yellow card. So, so they're down to 12 for a minute or so. Mm. Um, and I'm just thinking, bloody hell. And then obviously Wales went he on scored. the attack and scored again. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah it just, was just really, really poor from Wales that mm. even even with some slightly iffy, I mean, I think probably all the internationals had some pretty iffy refereeing decisions. Um, but yeah, they, they didn't control that game in the last five minutes at all well. No, it was, it was, and again, it's a team that looks like they're going to get knocked out in quarterfinals. 
looking forward to the World Cup. Um, anyway, the next game and most important game of the weekend, obviously, from our point of view, was the England-Australia game. No Gloucester involvement at all. Johnny May picked up COVID. He's also out for this weekend against for the second test because he's recovering from COVID. Um, and it all started relatively well. I thought England first half played very well. Uh, the physicality was really impressive. Yeah. Um, obviously, every, every hit, every hit, we were winning, winning the, winning the collision. Yeah. Um, Loz, you're, I mean, let's be honest, the one player all the way through the first half for Australia who was superb was Michael Hooper. And I thought to myself, well, we can keep him quiet in the second half with their, with their red card. We'll come on to their red card in a minute. But I thought, you know, we'll be fine here. You know, we've, we've kept him relatively quiet. He's won a few turnovers, but we've done very well to sort of avoid him having too much of an influence. I, I despair with it, to be honest with that. <laughs> the pause is wonderful there, mate. <laughs> I just, you just lost some words, aren't you? Not with superlatives, with the opposite. It's just how can that squad of players be so abject when they've got an advantage like that? You've got up against an Aussie pack who are down to seven with the, their top scrummaging prop off injured in the first half and then they come up with these ideas like when we got I don't know what Johnny Hill was trying to do but oh, without hair pulling it, it worked because the bloke nutted him got sent off but you know <laughs> yeah. when, we, when, we, when we're down a player as well and we got this scrum when we're behind 40 meters, 35, 40 metres out from their try line. And we've got the put-in, and we keep a full set of backs instead of matching them in the pack. They're not strong scrummagers, but there's a surefire way to make a team um, stronger at scrummaging is if you go a man down in the pack against them. Well, if, well, if, you, basically, if you basically say to them, yeah, we, we don't need to muscle yeah. up in the scrum, we've got you. I mean, well, they focus, didn't already have a point mind. to prove. Yeah, I know. It's just ridiculous. You know, they sort of go on about Jack Noel. I'm just kind of just, the only reason he should be in Australia at the moment is because he's there on holiday, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> not Pick Um and, and, But anyway, as an aside, he's on the pitch. And what's he doing? He stood behind the scrum. He should have been on the bloody side, of, uh, on the flank, pinning our tight head in to make sure that didn't happen. What happened? Um, so you have to question that, whether that, who's made that call? Is that Jones saying that if we go down a man up front or the message on the pitches no we will we'll take him seven against eight in, in the pack because if that's the case there's a further reason why Eddie Jones needs to go as soon as possible although we all know he won't before the World Cup now um, if that's a judgment call on the pitch then whoever's making those leadership decisions shouldn't be in charge making the decisions um, I, I just as I said I just despair uh, there's no reason we should have lost that game other than the fact we we should, have, we, we should have won we, that by 10 points or more. Oh, at least. And if Arundel doesn't start this week, I appreciate that he came on against a tired back line. But... Is that, is he, that his first touch? First touch. That was his first, first touch. touch his first touch. He comes on looking about... Well, he's, he's obviously bigger than what he looks, but he looks like he's a bit of a... a bit bigger version of Harry Randall. 
And he, by the time he broke through those two tackles, he looked twice the size of fucking a singer who he'd replaced, didn't he? In all fairness. The gas down the eight. Last time I saw someone step and go down the outside in Australia like that was Jason Jason Robinson. Robinson. That's that, that exactly what I thought when, he's, when he went over the line. Yes. The difference, I think, with this lad is that he's got probably the pace. Of, well, he has. There's no problem. He's got the pace to go ninety meters, whereas Jason had it as a short, sharp burst, didn't he? Mm. Um, I, I, you lost. I mean, you, you're entirely right. The 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 points about selection will come on to, but you're right. Game management and, and the decisions tactically or leadership decisions on the pitch. Again, I just don't get at all. Um, you know, who was cap? I mean, Courtney Laws was captain, was he? I, I must admit, I can't help but think that unless Owen Farrell turns around and says, I don't want to be England captain again, which is unlikely. If he's on the pitch, he's England captain for a couple of reasons. One, he is a natural leader. You've only got to look at the uh, his first Lions tour where Paul O'Connell bollocks the, the, the players because the person who was the loudest on the back, pitch leading it was a 21-year-old novice. Yeah. Um, so he's got that natural leadership ability and two I think he's probably going to undermine whoever's the captain in front of him if he's on the pitch yeah I mean it, the the thing that I thought more than anything else is I really 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 want Smith Farrell to work yeah, yeah. and yeah, the first I think half every Englishman does. first half I think to be honest it did uh, and it was only really sort of lack of execution that stopped us scoring some tries. We probably should have been a couple of tries in after that first half. We we, we butchered a few chances, lots of uh, a couple of knock-ons, a couple of forward passes, and I think also I was kind of mentioning to Lars about the fact that uh, we let Hooper into the game because we we, we kind of got isolated, and Hooper's just a, a superb player at. at Picking the right opportunity to go in and, and get the he, ball. He really was excellent, wasn't he? Well, I mean, yeah, he's, yeah, he's well, incredible. He is, isn't he? He's amazing. Um, but what I, what frustrated me more in the second half was that where you'd want Smith in space with depth, um, and you know, he's we've got they've got one less player. They've got to worry about the width that in theory we're going to be bringing to the game. Farrell's stepping stepping in at ten. And doesn't really draw anybody and ships the ball on and Smith's suddenly got two players in front of him. And, and you know, I, I'm not excusing Smith at all because Smith, I thought, was poor in some of the decision-making. I was going to say, I didn't think Smith had his best game, which won't help. But you know what you're going to get with Farrell is you're going to get that sort of seven to seven and a half out of ten every match, mm. regardless. He's not going to set the world alight, but he's not going to let you down. Smith has obviously got the potential to be nine, eight, 8.59 out of ten most matches, but he didn't. He certainly wasn't that on um, Saturday. But it did look like they were trying to do a bit the old Gloucester when Cipriani was there, where 12 threes were, when, or Atkinson went in at 10. Yeah. Um, to try and create e- even more space for someone like Smith, who I think is probably better at being at 10, because Farrell has to stand so deep when he gets the ball anyway, at 10, it seems, at in, certainly you're international level. You're losing, he, you're losing doing, 20, 30 he's minutes, even, aren't you? Yeah, he's even deeper then. Whereas I think Smith is better off at, um, acting on instinct, fr- yeah. up flat. Oh, shit, someone's in my page, right, I'll do this. And... Because he's so talented, so naturally mm. mercurial, or however you want to describe, yeah. it, it just boom, it comes off. He yeah. makes he makes the best decisions under that sort of pressure, 
and with the people around him that are, are expecting him to do these things, just yeah. give him 12 options and he'll pick the best one. Yeah, I think the other aspect as well, Jim, and it's clear that I think if we'd had Alex, I, I do think if we'd had Alex, Alex Dombrand playing or a Ben Earl playing, who are slightly more attuned to that style of play. And I'm that, not knocking, but I, I thought Billy Vunipola had a decent game. I thought he was very, you know, he, he got over the game line um, very well, but he's not that type of player in terms of, you know, thinking quickly, working off a, a line, off a, a, you know, a short line or a, a, a line back in on yourself. We just seem to be lacking people running off Smith. So Smith was getting absolutely nailed or being or forced to do something that you don't really want him doing, which is kind of just shipping off the ball rather than actually drag, you know, taking a player on. There was the just games, the games moved on very quickly from the um the Billy Vernapola style of play, I'm afraid. Yeah. You can't you can't just smash everything out of the way. You have to have so much more to your game. And that's something that Don Brandt, um Ackerman, Pelledri, um Ben Earl, who can play flanker, I appreciate, but he, he gives it so much more. Eight. Um, Curry, when he played eight, even mm. even though that was out of position, they just offer so much more. Um, and the game has moved on. But the one, one Vudapola who, oh, Jesus Christ, why the hell did he get selected for that tour as well, is his brother. God, oh, Macca, won, he's barely won a scrum in two years, and yet he's still getting picked for England, for Christ's yeah. sake. Well, I mean, and I, that I showed up massively as well. Yeah. Well, I thought I thought the the props were generally poor all round. I mean, I, I thought Genge had a, an okay game, um, yeah. but Will Stewart was dreadful, which is what you expect from which a prop who's been yeah. what from a prop who's been murdered all week all season and bottom of the league. Um, Cock and a finger did absolutely nothing. On the Jack, no, he look, he look, he's all he's got bags of potential, but he just doesn't even realise that at club level, let alone to be doing no, it at international I, level. I, you know, I understand kind of why he was brought, because he does offer something totally different. We haven't got a player like him. Um, I don't think we want that different, though. No. Well, we, I think you need to have something like You've that. You've got to have, it's called, it's about having some sort of balance, isn't it? Especially yeah. if you're going to have, if, you, if you've not got a big ball carrier in the centre, uh, and I mean a truck it at the middle in the centre, because marching carriers, Farrell carries, but they don't break through like no. to a laggy does. Yeah, but do you know what? I think you could. I think we could be putting the likes of Courtney Laws if he wants to run some lines in the centre. We could have we could have forwards hitting up decent lines in midfield if we need big ball carriers doing that. Mm. I don't think we need to kind of go back to that kind of mentality of having a Brad Barrett. I mean, just being a brick wall. No, I mean, the, the biggest thing for me, though, and then Loz has already mentioned it, which was Jack Now, Sorry. Nah, not anymore. Uh, you know, he, he, he's a very... He, he works hard. He's industrious. He wants to get involved. But you're a winger, mate. Stay on the wing. And if you're, if you're going to be a winger at international level, you have to be quick. And he's not quick enough. We've got three players that could easily... All right, ignoring Johnny May, who is, was unavailable. But you've got people like Arundel. You've got Radwan. Um, you know, you've got players like that who are available, who are who've had decent seasons. But uh, there, there is no substitute for pace. No. Raw pace. <laughs> Can you imagine them two on the wing? Like, because obviously May's not an option at the moment. They were on each wing. Just say, go fetch boy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you think you saw against South Africa, Louis Rissamet had a yard extra more than than the the South African winger and South African mm. centre just went. 
just ran in. It wasn't even challenged, just ran in. I, you know, it, simple, Radwan, simple rugby. Radwan and Arundel are all right. They may not be as quick. Radwan apparently is no, as quick, not quicker, quicker than yeah. Resummit. Give him the ball in space. Give him an opportunity to run at at somebody. And then what you then do is you then support him with some um, uh, some additional runners. I just yeah, it baffles me sometimes. The final thing to say about the England game and the England performance just generally is, it, it's the most frustrating thing in the world when you spend seventy five minutes playing utter bilge and then you side when you're three scores down you go oh now we'll play some rugby oh like, god just do that 10 minutes early earlier and you would have won do that the 80 yeah oh, it just winds me up and I, I, you know the, the thing is with, with England I don't think Australia are particularly good England lost that game really because they stopped playing rugby as we've said before Australia, we let Australia get into the game by doing one-out runners against Michael Hooper. Well, what's going to happen there? Um, and and we put the pick the wrong players. I'm hoping, oh, yeah. I'm hoping um, that that uh, I mean, again, Care shouldn't be in the side anymore. We no. we kind of touched on this before. I was going to say he's he he's, he got ten times better as a player every game he didn't play, and then he's come back to prove why he hasn't been playing. Unfortunately, it's a year too late for. Yeah. Care. that's the unfortunate yeah. thing is that he should have been picked for last year um, when he was the best nine in the country yeah. this year he hasn't hit those same heights it's difficult to hit those heights because he was so exceptional yeah. but he, he looked his age and then you've got a player like Alex Mitchell who's had the season of his life young, quick, exciting uh, plays in an exciting team at Northampton now nah, we won't worry about him I just have they taken him on tour? Um, have they taken him on tour? They must have taken him I on know, tour. Yeah. I, think well, so. I think so. I think well, that's, that's the trouble, though, isn't it? I can't remember because Van Portfort... Van Randall Portfort, went. So, yeah, Van Portfort, but Randall went, but then he didn't get injured. Oh, I don't know. So, yeah, this, for this me, I hope well. it's Van Portfort and either Randall or whoever else and yeah. then not care basically but this is the same every world like on the run up to the World Cup we have the same oh yeah but they haven't got enough experience at international level we can't really take well, that's what now. Russ said wasn't it it's like yeah, yeah Russ, Russ does go on about it all the time and it, <laughs> but he's, he's absolutely true it's like oh, the, only person, it the only person to blame for it's players not having international experience is the person that picks the team yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, you know, we we're all resigned to the fact that Eddie Jones is going to be the coach uh, when we rock up in Lille in about uh, fifteen months' time. Um, but it's all right because we've got accommodation now. Thanks we've so. got accommodation. Yeah, we've sorted that. So it's just transport next, um, which is uh, which is good. Uh, tip for those who are looking now. Now we've booked it. I'm more than happy to share tips. Uh, tips <laughs> for those. Tips for those who are looking to book somewhere in Lille. Uh, just there as a little. Uh, there is, but you have to do what I was just go on Airbnb and keep an eye out for uh, anywhere when you're looking at reserving. Uh, if it's if it if it, I found this out to my cost because it took me 14 attempts to do this. Uh, if it says uh, reason for travel and it asks you to fill in a box, the chances are I have to be honest, are slim that you'll get you'll get what you want because it looks like a lot of people are either although they might have it available on the site. I think are waiting closer to closer to the Rugby World Cup to jack the price up. That's my sort of general guess on what's happening. But there are um, there is some a lot of accommodation which is available which you can just basically book and reserve. It's slightly more expensive than if you were to do it via from a normal Airbnb uh, host. Um, 
but you know th that stuff is out there so it's worth just keeping an eye on um final thing to mention um uh, before we go because Loz and i as i say we were trying to have a chat about this last week Loz, but we failed uh in that like i could hear you but no one could hear me and it was just you ran randomly talking about uh uh dublin <laughs> which which would have just come off really weird um but we've got leinster and bordeaux in the champions cup uh group we don't know the we don't know the dates yet but we know we're two playing two matches though isn't it two yeah definitely i mean really i mean i'd be disappointed if we don't get Leinster, 20 points Leinster, from that to be honest if leinster play anything like they did in their last game we won't oh, have yeah. any trouble Hammer at all they, they were terrible they were awful yeah yeah they're dreadful yeah um uh, and then Bordeaux, well, you know what the French are like. They just they don't take the competition seriously. No, 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 no. They 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 don't travel very well, and um, you wouldn't want to face a you wouldn't want to face a, a confident Gloucester side. No, uh, no, no. Hot, Loz is, hot on the, Loz is hot face, on the back of a three hundred and two points to nil victory over Bar. The week, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you 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 know, it's exactly that. Um, but I, I've booked Bordeaux. Uh, in that I've booked the reservation for a hotel on one of the weekends. I've got four hotel bookings, and then as and when we know the date that we're playing, I'll cancel the other three. Um, which is which is just genius. So should you have put a deposit though, anyway? No, it's all yeah, it's the hotels.com. Christ, I'm not paying for the bloody things. No, yeah, I think I think I might have to join you with that because I am really, really keen um to do to do Bordeaux. Mm. I'd love, I'd love to, but just can't see it happen. Um, so yeah, and I think I think actually, um, all the guys that I went to Toulouse with, all the guys and gals that I went to Toulouse with, I think they're keen. Um, I think Emma's keen. So say, does that include your wife? Or yeah, yeah. Well, she, <laughs> she 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 actually quite enjoyed Toulouse, and as a vegetarian, she has worked out that the south of France are actually they're they're, they're a lot nicer and. Um, well, when you tell them you don't want any meat, they only give you a little bit. A little meat. bit of meat, yeah, exactly. Yeah, rather than rather than um, <laughs> sort of cent central and northern France, they just go. Oh, what is she thinking? And they, yeah. here is, they here's, double load here's, it. Here's a half a chicken rather than a whole chicken. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, yeah, I will have to pick your brain on that. I think Ed. Yeah, absolutely happy to share that. And also, again, when we know the dates, and um, I can confirm, I've got flights. Uh, more than happy to share <laughs> tips and tips and suggestions for everybody. Yeah. Um, but whereas, one thing, I Leinster. Le yeah, no. Not no. I'm not going to Dublin. No, it's it's, it's the most too expensive. expensive place in the world, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's. Um, I, I think if we'd got to lose, I uh, if we'd been to lose in Leinster, I would have done Leinster because I've been to Toulouse two or three times now, so I, I don't see the point of going back. But uh, and I've never been to Dublin. Um, but um, yeah, yeah. I, when it when it came out with Bordeaux, I was like, well, that's where we're going then. Yeah. I, I did. I did. Lenst. How many times have we only played? Them We've once? only played them once. once. Yeah, yeah. So I, I went. I went well. that year, um, yeah. and had a really good weekend. Hmm. Um, stayed in a pretty nice hotel back when hotels in Dublin were affordable. <laughs> because it's, but not now. <laughs> they are just ridiculous, aren't they? Wow. So I'm like, I know. I know a mate um, who lives in Ireland. He's already booked his mate's um, sofa. So he's going to be you know, driving up, uh, doing the game, sleeping on a sofa and driving home the following day, mm. which if you happen to live in Ireland and have got mates in Dublin, that's really great. Um, yeah, I, I'm not convinced the KSM tour is going to be uh, its usual uh, 
well, it's going to be great value because they always are. But that great value isn't going to be what I would consider. It's going to be it's going to be great value relative to what the yes, cost of yes, doing it exactly. is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's going to be it's going to be a five six hundred quid. Weekend, if, isn't it? if you want to go over there and you want you're looking at hotels, um, you're looking at a Dublin two Dublin four D two D four postcode. Um, pretty much keep on the even side, but you don't really want to go on the odd numbers is what I've been told. I, I stayed in um, the Balls Bridge, which is up not far from the RDS and was about a 25-minute walk from the old Lansdowne Road. Well, still the Aviva now, isn't it? Um, that was not bad at all. Um, there was a cracking um, Indian just up the road from there, actually. We had a fabulous meal on the, on the Friday night in there. Um, the Saturday, I went into... Um, Dublin after into the centre and went down around by um, Temple Bar um, which in case you aren't familiar that's not uh, the name of a pub that's an area uh, um, and that was just pointless because it was just absolutely rammed I, it was from what you could tell when you're walking past the pubs there were people waiting in the doorway I think that was a queue for the bar and you could barely yeah. move when you're in there it was just absolutely pointless and Temple just, Bar on a Friday really or Saturday night is like Gold Cup night in yeah. Cheltenham. It is just, it is so Ridiculous. busy, it's uncomfortable. And this, I mean, yeah. I, I like I like an atmosphere, but I don't like waiting half an hour to get in a bar and then another half an hour to get a pint that costs me 12 euros. It's like, yeah, yeah. Nah. it's ridiculous. It really I, I, is. So I'm sure... you can find some areas where there's some of the... Pubs like during the day before we went to the game, had some some um, went to a couple of really good pubs to be brutally honest you, but evening it's just a nightmare. I'm sure it'll be a very popular trip um, because it's been such a long time since people have gone to Dublin. You know, there's a whole generation of supporters who haven't really been uh, haven't done it, so that's that's going to be uh, I'm sure a popular trip. As you say though, Jim the value of it is diminished somewhat by just how expensive it is as a place. You know, you can, you can go to other places, you can go to Paris for Christ's sake and get a decent value out of Paris. Dublin is more of a challenge. I've looked flights, cheap as chips. You can get lots of flights to Dublin oh, and, and, and you'll, you'll, you'll get your value there. Accommodation. You can get some value. I've looked, there are some decent hotels you can get for a reasonable cost. It's not the most, um, you know, that time of year, sort of December, Mid, early to mid-December, mid to late January isn't a particularly busy time in Dublin. Um, you know, we're not looking at St. Patrick's Day, for example, but it's um, it's it's still going to be expensive. It's a weekend uh, and it's a rugby weekend. So, um, you know... The- actually, I've, I've said all this. I am probably going to actually have a little look. <laughs> <laughs> um, just because after all these years of not really doing a lot of rugby... Um, yeah, if I have got the opportunity to go, fuck it, I will. Yeah, well, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm just hoping, I'm just hoping it's a, it's a January fixture because otherwise, uh, I have literally no holiday left. Um, so <laughs> I need, I need a January fixture because I get my, my new, my new holiday start season starts in January the first. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna save my um, Ireland fix the next time we go Galway. Yes. Yeah. Next time we get Connacht. Well, next time we get in the Champions Cup, uh, sorry, the Challenge Cup, which will be next. Uh, no, because they we played them in the Champions, didn't we? Uh, yeah, we played them in the Champions Cup. Played them both, yeah. But I, yeah. I think, um, yeah, I, I get the feeling that it, the they've dropped again. They've dropped a bit of a tear. 
in terms of since well, their, the since I, their... IRFU have said, no, 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 you're not allowed to play at this level. No, you're not allowed to play in the Champions Cup anymore, no. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to when we get the fixtures. We're, uh, talking about fixtures, um, probably we would have done a pod. Um, we Tuesday, probably will... isn't it? Nineteenth. No, uh, it's a week. It's a well, yeah. So what's that? Yeah, week two weeks Tuesday or whatever it is. So it's nineteenth of July is when the fixtures come out for the Premiership season. Uh, so we've got to mark your cards for the home and away wins over Bath, uh, the inevitable disappointing defeat to Sale at home, and um, uh, the you long. You say that, Ed. Hmm. It, I think. I I I think we're. The, the likes of Saracens are still going to be a real challenge. Um, and obviously Leicester, uh, not off a bad side. I think we're going to have a real chance of going unbeaten at home. I think I think we really want to try and bring back the fortress. That is yeah, that, oh, we definitely need to try and do that, but I don't yeah. think we will. That's if, well, to be fair. How, if we how many home it, games did we lose last season? Too many. Five? Yeah. Harlequins. Yeah. Wasps. Harlequins, Exeter, Wasps, Leicester, yeah. Saracens. Oh, no, no, Saracens. Yeah, Harlequins, Wasps, Leicester, Exeter. Yeah, there's one we, more. I'm sure we need to we need to improve on that, don't we? Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I mean, that, I, that, that, know, that date, that date, that day in the diary. I mean, that's like. That's a crazy day because I'm going to be like, right, what do I need off? Leave, 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 leave. It's kind of um, a little bit manic. And I yeah, think, uh, I think with, it... with COVID, I got got out of the habit. Mm, yeah. Um, of, I mean, much like um, Heineken Cup fixtures coming out, it used to be, right, you'd have all the different permutations already open for flights. And as soon as the thing's going to be click, 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 bang, you know, so we're within 30 seconds of the, announcement flights were booked before they skyrocketed and things like that and i'm just out of the habit you've done it ed with your hotels and i'm out of the habit of being that organized and and i'm kind of looking forward to next season because normality has returned and hopefully gloucester winning everything is coming back to yes well we've also got to choose our cherry jam away trip because uh, we were discussing this on the way back from uh, Snowy's. Um... Well, two two away trips. Obviously, we're going to see Snowy again. Yes, well, we're going to see this. We're doing sail away because you know free accommodation, Lusamenia. Um, uh, and then the other issue, of course, we, is is do we do we do we do Newcastle? Because it's always on a Friday night, which is a pain in the ass. Um, or do we do something like an Exeter? Uh, do we do a night in London? You know, I don't really fancy you know Saracens. What? Irish is good. I like Brentford. That was yeah, a cracking, that was a cracking trip. Um, as, as away games go, we did, we've done a like a big trip to Exeter. I've been to Newcastle quite a few times for, you know, a, a, a short weekend. Mm. I've never done Newcastle, um, Northampton or Leicester. Well, there's nothing in a, Northampton as a stayover. <laughs> I'm sure we could. I'm sure we could find something to do. And I think Hello. the trouble is with with Leicester and Northampton, they're not that far away. They're so close enough to come home, though. That's the thing, yes. isn't it? That's but the problem. But then, actually, wouldn't it? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be fun? No. 
<laughs> Lost just like, no, 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 no. Do you know what we'd be better off doing? What about, what about okay. Worcester? No, let's have a, let's have a stay over in Worcester. I was going to say, I actually know, but we've had decent, decent last staying over in Bristol before. That's what I was going to suggest. Yeah, you've done Bristol before. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one with the, with the way trips because it, we don't have... What would be lovely would be having a Leeds. That would be brilliant. Oh. Leeds would be a great Weekend night in Headingley was always we, good. We yeah, I mean, you know, weekend in, in Leeds, Headingley and all the rest of it. That would be lovely. Um, and... Um, but yeah, it's 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 just trying to find a reason to do it. Northampton, there's nothing there. Um, New, uh, Leicester's okay, but again, not a huge, not a huge draw really. If we're honest about it, it's not the greatest place in the world to visit. Um, Coventry. Um, <laughs> no, let's not ent- let's not even entertain the idea that, of Coventry that they should have a team. Well, other yeah, than, they, other than Coventry. We'll come. We'll come back to that in a few, uh, in maybe in a couple of months' so, time. That, that that might not actually be a fixture yet. <laughs> but, do you think um, it might be? Do you think it might be a league as well? Could be. Um, yeah. Um, but what what I would say is, of course, we've got before that we've got a couple of friendlies. Uh, you've got Munster away in Cork. Um, no. For any no no no, I'm not. I, I'm a, I'm in America, so that ain't gonna happen. And then I I get back the day of the Cardiff home game on the Friday. Uh, followed by, as I think we said last week, the um, uh, Billy 12 Trees testimonial on the Saturday that'll against the Lions 15, whoever that will be. Uh, so that'll be entertaining. And then we'll pretty much into the by that next following week, I'm sure that'll be the beginning of the season. So, um, yeah. um where was I going? Is there any, there's no sevens or anything? No. No, not what I know. There hasn't been um, annoyingly, oh, no, and, and frustratingly, they got rid of the sevens. And the only venue that had any sort of sizable crowd at all was, was when they had it at Kingsham. Um, well, I, I think really one year we had like 12,000 people there for one, one I, year. I, I brilliant. Thought that was brilliant, yeah, because we had the um, the the shirt, didn't we? We had the sort of seven mm. specific um shirt, which was just the kind of third strip crazy, uh, yeah. crazy design, and I and I. Well, we won. We won the Middlesex Sevens, didn't we? Uh, what was the year it was? Two thousand and whatever. We won the. Uh, we won the Sing Beer Sevens two years yeah. in a row. And I, I, I think that's something that's probably that's a, that's something that's gone because of COVID, isn't it? I think it's kind of it would take it would take a bit of effort to get that sort of thing back into the calendar. Mm, yeah, I mean, I, I, I always thought they're great. They were great nights. Um, you know the, the the famous one where we had it was it was Gloucester, Exeter, I want to say Irish and Bath, and uh, everyone booed, everyone cheered for the team that were playing Bath, which was hysterical. And uh, Bath finished bottom, Gloucester won the thing, and then we won down at I think it was a stoop. We, we went two years. We went two years like losing the game, didn't we? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. and um, and we weren't. It wasn't like we were like properly stacking it with superstars. No, we weren't cheating. It like was the, it was like our Quinn's academy and a few yeah. guys that had played a bit of sevens. Mm. We didn't we didn't have like England sevens players or anything. We weren't bringing we? the army sevens players like, like some of like the other teams. teams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I, I I agree with you, Jim. It's a nice. It was always a great evening. Nothing better than on a warm August evening. You could get a few ciders down you. Um, it's standing in the shed, um, and you know I I'd be well up for the club maybe bringing something like that back. I tell you what would be an interesting thing for the club to look at. Um, particularly as we move into the 150th anniversary year, in, a, in you know, towards the end of this year, 
why don't we, why don't the club do like a, a combination cup sevens evening? Oh, what? So rather than your standard combi 15s? Well, you do that anyway. You have your combi yeah, finals, yeah, yeah. but get all but the then, combi- it, get all like, the combination cup teams down, and you could even do it for Stroud. Get everyone down and have a massive sevens weekend at so King's Home. I tell you what, if they were doing that properly, like the local the local clubs, they could turn out some pretty half handy sevens yeah. teams, couldn't they? If you know, if there was um, some proper kudos, you know, for for winning it. Yeah, just, I, like the, I, I like that. Yeah, I mean, I, and I wouldn't even say, you know, let, let's not let's not be silly. Let, let, let's limit it because you could call, you you could get like thirty teams. Limit it to Gloucester, Combi, uh, Cheltenham, Cheltenham, Stroud. Well, no, but Cheltenham Stroud combination. There's enough teams sort of dotted around that you could do it. Um, yeah, if you want to put a couple of invitational, make sure the invitational teams are local. Um, yeah, get, get an egg chasers and a cherry pickers. Yeah, and the club could put a seven side in, you know, like a, a, a academy, Gloucester Academy side in, and there we are. There's your there's your sevens tournament. Do it over a weekend. Um, yeah, bank hol- do it. Bank do holiday it, um, weekend. You August know. August next year, part of the 150th. Something like that. I think that I think that'd be a great idea. Uh, I think we should definitely reference that to the club and um, take all the credit, and then uh, and get a hospitality yeah, for, for it. Yes. Yeah, free tickets and free beer. Free free cider all night. There we are. We'll bankrupt the club. Yeah. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> um, thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. We're going to leave it a couple of weeks until the final test of the England-Australia series. We'll review the whole series. We'll talk about... 2-1 f- victory. 2-1 victory uh, to Australia. And we'll also review, uh, hopefully about that point, we'll know, obviously, all the fixtures. And I think we might even... Oh, no, we won't quite, because the I think it's August the 5th as they release the kit. Um, so we'll, we'll probably just touch on that when we start the season again, or we might do like a little bit on Twitter about that. But they did, they did um, release some of the training kit, didn't they? They did, which, yeah. And it's, which looks pretty nice. It looks I right. Mean, and to it be looks, fair, it always does. Yeah, yeah, it looked decent. And, and, and to be fair, they've not gone, they've not gone too crazy. It's kind of similar to what they've done before. Fair right. enough. And we know. all know they'll churn out another three or four designs over the course of the season, anyway. Yeah, and and, and I think to be honest, there were no cl- not that I could see any clues to no. the main kit because sometimes you do get clues um, yeah we had the sort of the, the Gloucester badge didn't we we had the yeah, the Gloucester the crests as part of the um the the shirt last yeah, year the, we the, don't the, have the it this year stripes yeah no, I, I, looking at the designs that were available didn't strike me that there was any obvious um uh, obvious is, is design link. definitely going to be one of the ones that we saw yes so it's right. one of the eight, I think, wasn't it? Eight, eight shirts. Um, and there were some god-awful ones there. So God help us. And it was an open vote, allowing people who aren't Gloucester fans to vote for it. So um, I expect shirt number eight to be the, um, the, the, the one that wins. And for those who don't know, and obviously can't see me as I do this, but it was the one where it was the badge was the entire shirt. Um, yeah. Thankfully, yeah. thankfully um, other, other team supporters aren't quite so Gloucester in their voting kind of ideas. Because if Bath were doing something like that, we would <laughs> fuck them right up. The thing is, though, I don't mean phony. I think you're, you're actually um, taking the legitimacy of any vote um, to heart there, because I think it's going to be more Russian, <laughs> more of a Russian vote, which is ring, to be honest here. However, oh, yeah, because the Russians vote, really think, give a shit about what No, shit no, no, I'm not saying the Russians are going to do it. Perhaps what I'm saying is the club <laughs> 
on that note, we're definitely finishing now. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate your time, and we'll speak again soon. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers boys.